بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم صلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for affording us the opportunity to uh, engage in the discussion of the etiquettes of the most beloved and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with the intention of making amal and imbibing these qualities within our lives so that our lives become wholesome and fruitful and beneficial and an example to the entire mankind. Uh, continuing uh, with the English translation of the book of Sheikh Abdul Fattah Abu Ghudda on page 36, we continue. Uh, the topic is timing your visit. To be particular about the time chosen to visit, whether it be a family member or any person as such. So he says, choose an appropriate time for your visit. Do not visit at inconvenient times, such as meal times, or when people are sleeping, resting, or relaxing. This is something which we need to take into consideration, and sometimes some of us do have the weakness of being inconsiderate with regards to our visiting time. Uh, sometimes uh, fa the family might not be prepared and suddenly a guest just uh, arrives intentionally at a mealtime. So that is against the etiquette of Rasulullah sallallahu At least if you are planning on reaching at such a time, it would be suitable and appropriate to inform the uh, family member or the person you intend visiting before just arriving suddenly. It also, it should not be a time of sleeping or resting. Uh, many times people, uh, maybe they're habitual of sleeping late and they just assume because they sleep late, there's no harm in going to visit somebody after half past nine or after 10 o'clock. Um, this also needs to be taken into consideration. So therefore, it will always be appropriate to verify and find out if it is a suitable time to visit. Then, further on, the length of your visit should be in accordance with your relationship with the host, as well as in accordance with their circumstances and conditions. So if it is somebody that you are close to, and you know that they would not mind uh, you spending some leisure time with them, then there is no harm in spending some extra time based on what the, the, the host would be comfortable with. But if it is merely an acquaintance, a person invited you for a meal and you invited at a function, then once uh, you have uh, fulfilled the, 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 the reason for which you have attended the, 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 the gathering, whether it be to partake of a meal or whatever it might be, then it would be appropriate to then depart and leave the gathering without loitering around and wasting time placing the host uh, in some uncomfortable circumstance. Do not overstay your welcome by making your visit too long or burdensome. So especially if it is a time off and you're visiting somebody on a Sunday and they have also other work to do and then the, the, the visitor decides to spend the whole morning and then after the whole, the whole afternoon, um, this defeats the purpose of the visit. The, the purpose of the visit is to increase mahabba and love and by doing so, we just cause frustration and irritation and ill feelings. Imam al-Nawawi rahmahullah says in his book, Al-Kitab al-Adhkar, it is strongly recommended for Muslims to visit pious people. This is something which we need to do because the pious are the ones whose du'as are accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
and the the barakat and the good effects of their company it has it rubs off onto us and our family members and children so it is strongly recommended it is sunnah to visit pious people one's brothers neighbors friends and relatives and to be generous and kind and obliging to them so this is why in in, in the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam it is uh, very meritorious and virtuous if a person wishes to be generous to do so in in a wise way to spend on one's family members those who are uh, close to uh, to you and then also those who are the pious servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a pious person uh, is known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we are merely uh, tasked with judging according to the external we do not know what is in people's hearts so if a person seems to be from amongst those who understands and he holds the correct aqidah he has the correct belief in Islam and also abides by the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and outwardly avoids those type of things which are blameworthy in sharia then we think good of such an individual as a pious person and we uh, visit these type of people for advice and for dua and for benefiting from them however the duration of the visit varies according to the host's circumstances the visit ought to be conducted in a pleasant manner and at times convenient to them there are numerous ahadith and sayings in this regard then we continue when you address your host only discuss appropriate topics together with maintaining brevity in your speech this is something very important when we visit somebody um, then the things we talk about should be appropriate and especially if it's a visit over a meal sometimes when we visit people and there's a meal then you'll get one person uh, wanting to be very sophisticated and complicated or they start talking about things which are somber and sad or they talk of things which are not palatable or just make people lose their appetite this is against the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so only discuss the topics um, which are suitable for the time and also maintain uh, brevity of speech do not be too lengthy in what you have to say uh, and more important than that is if you partaking a meal ensure that we talk of things which make people comfortable even if they have to laugh or have a slight chuckle this would be in conformance with the sunnah because if a person is happy while eating the food digests better rather than having uh, a negative type of atmosphere and everybody is sad and we're talking about uh, a gruesome accident that a person might have witnessed on the highway and everybody loses their appetite that defeats the purpose of getting together so the first thing is to ensure that we are brief in our speech and we speak what is appropriate in the gatherings that we attend if you are the youngest in the gathering then you should only speak when responding to a question posed to you by someone unless you are certain that your input will be effective uh, and leave an impression that it, that it will please those present so this is also an important thing to take into consideration when we visit the the youngsters in the gathering they are allowed to speak rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam encourage the youth also to participate in discussions and in gatherings however the youngster himself shouldn't feel himself equal to the seniors in the gathering and therefore should not speak unnecessarily unless there is some some contribution which he could make perhaps there is something being discussed which he has full uh, knowledge of and he knows that he can make a meaningful contribution then obviously that would be a praiseworthy thing for him to participate or speak even in the presence of seniors 
Uh, and then also, do not be uh, lengthy in your speech. Neither should you be careless in your sitting posture and manner of address. So when we, we're sitting in a gathering with our elders, with our seniors, uh, their scholars or their dignitaries, people of stature, then Sharia teaches us that we need to carry ourselves appropriately. The manner of speech should also be uh, appropriate and the posture in which we sit should also be appropriate. Sometimes we find uh, sitting in a gathering, uh, people stretch their feet out, or if you're sitting on the floor, that is, or you're sitting on somebody's couch and somebody puts their feet with their shoes onto the couch. Those type of things are against the etiquette of, uh, of a Muslim. So our sitting posture and the way we conduct ourselves is uh, very, very important. Then Sheikh Abdul Fattah has got the next heading, which is greeting a gathering. When you enter a room, first greet everyone inside. So to say assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, as we discussed in the opening part of the book, if you want to shake hands with those present, begin with the most knowledgeable, the most pious, the older, or those who have similar Islamic distinctions. So there are people who are knowledgeable in deen, people who are a senior in age, there are those who are known to be pious in the gathering. Then he says further on, do not overlook the most distinguished or the most eminent and start with the first on your right. This is also a misconception which Sheikh Abdul Fattah addresses in another later part of the book. There is this misconception that when you come into a gathering, automatically you must start from the right hand side. There are a hadith in which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has instructed us to commence from the right-hand side, but the muhaddithin explain, explain that to be referring to a gathering in which people are all equal in stature. So when people are all equal in status and one enters such a gathering, then you may commence from the right-hand side and continue greeting everybody in that particular fashion. However, if there are people who are knowledgeable, they are pious people, they are elderly people, senior in age, or they have other Islamic distinctions, then um, it is the sunnah to commence and start with them as Rasulullah sallallahu has instructed in a hadith which comes in Bukhari in the next paragraph which we will read inshallah so Shaykh Abdul Fattah says do not overlook the most distinguished or most eminent and start with the first on your right do not think that you, it is appropriate to start from your right in this instance if you cannot decide who is the most reputable or if those present happen to be of similar status then start with the elderly for they are easier to be recognized so if we do not know all the people in the gathering, but we can identify certain people who are senior in age, then we will head towards them first, greet them, and then go to the right thereafter. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, exalt the elderly, exalt the elderly. Kabbir, kabbir. These are the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Sahih Muslim and Sahih al-Bukhari. Imam Abu Ya'la in al-Tabarani rahimahumullah in Al-Awsat, the book of Hadith reported that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, start with the notables, or he said, with the elder. So if the person has got some, is, is noted as a senior in the community for some reason, whether it be in age or in knowledge or uh, in a person's uh, honor and status in the community, these are to be taken into consideration and recognized uh, by the person entering the gathering. So when we greet, inshallah, let us keep this in mind. If we're entering into a gathering in which people are all equal, then starting from the right-hand side would be uh, conforming with the sunnah. 
And if there is somebody who is senior, whether it be seniority of age or seniority of knowledge, then we will commence with them and then go continuing from there to the right-hand side. The next part of, uh, of the book discusses an important uh, etiquette and sunnah sitting between two persons. When you enter a gathering, do not sit between two persons. This is basic etiquette, let alone a teaching of the sunnah, a person with common sense would understand that he should not be doing so. Rather sit on their left or the right side. Because if two people are sitting together, you can see they are sitting together, they must be sitting together for a reason. Um, it wouldn't be wise to intentionally force oneself in between them as to separate between the two of them. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a hadith, La yujlasu bayna rajulaini illa bi'idnihima. No one is to sit between two people without their permission. This hadith has been narrated by Imam Abu Dawood in his Sunan. And with taking into consideration this important Sunnah of not sitting between two people would also be the importance of, unfortunately we have sometimes a habit, if we see two people talking and we know one of the two or we need to say something to one of the two, uh, some people would interject and pull the person one side. This is also unethical and it is not the mannerisms taught to us by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and um, what is even worse is if two people are talking and we know one of them and we just go up to the one and say salam to the one and leave the other one standing as if they just uh, fell out of the sky and they don't know where they, where they landed um, it is very disrespectful to do that if two people are talking uh, it is appropriate to pass by and let them continue in their speech without interjecting if you wish to greet, greet them briefly and continue, but do not break like it is inappropriate to sit between two people without their permission. It would be inappropriate to interrupt the discussion of two people if they are having a private uh, discussion. And like I said, it is even worse if we disrupt their, their discussion by only greeting one and ignoring the other. And unfortunately, this is something which has crept into many of us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to take into consideration the feelings of the people that we interact with. Sometimes due to uh, negligence, we overlook these important points. When two people are kind enough to make room for you to sit between them, do not sit cross-legged or crowd them out. And this happens in, in, in places where we have large gatherings, like sometimes in the Haram, uh, the Haram Sharif in Makkah Mukarramah or Medina Munawwara. So we'll find uh, two, two people are sitting and somebody comes and they, they give you a half a smile and tap you on the shoulder, please, haji, a little bit on this side and that side. And then they eventually end up sitting cross-legged right between the two of you and you out of the place that you were originally occupying. So this is also uh, unethical. And in fact, if you see the following paragraph, Ibn al-Arabi, rahimahullah, quotes a sage and a saint who said, two persons are considered zaliman, unfair, they are, they are oppressors. Two people who are considered to be oppressors. One is a person to whom advice is offered and he takes offense to it. So somebody uh, is in need of advice, he's doing something wrong or he might be heading in the in, in, in wrong direction and somebody who is a well-wisher comes up to him or her and says, uh, my dear brother, my dear sister, be careful, do not do this. Uh, you might uh, you know, end up in trouble or this, uh, this might happen to you. And the person takes offense. This person is, a, is, a, is an oppressor and he is a wrongdoer unto himself. 
And the second person, the second of the two oppressors, is a person who is favored with a seat in a narrow space and then he sits cross-legged. Uh, this person is uh, not taking into consideration how people considered him and gave him a space. And eventually, the people who gave him a space are now sitting awkwardly and uncomfortable. This is inappropriate. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us to be considerate. When somebody gives us space, then we should, we should use the minimum space without inconveniencing them. And if two people are sitting, we should try to sit on, on the side of the two individuals rather than in between, in between them. And further on, the adab and the etiquette taught by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa on page 39. When you are seated between two people, then do not eavesdrop. And uh, this is something which is also, unfortunately, it happens. People eavesdrop. And the other thing which happens nowadays is people record uh, the speech of someone else uh, without their permission or without them knowing. This is also against the etiquette and adab. If you want to record the speech of somebody, then you, may, you should do so with the permission of that individual, whether it be a call or a speech that you are having. Uh, so when you are seated between two people, do not eavesdrop, unless it is not a private or secret matter. If they are talking uh, openly and uh, it's something which is not of a of private nature, then there's no harm if you are sitting and you can hear what they are saying. Eavesdropping is a bad habit and it is a sin. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa when we say a sin, it means just haram. Because only, only uh, 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 something which is sinful uh, will be categorized as haram in sharia. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, whoever listens to people's conversations against their wishes will be punished by molten lead being poured down their ears on the day of qiyamah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. The words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So molten and boiling lead will be poured down the ears of a person who is listening to the speech or eavesdropping to the talks of other people without their permission. Then take note that it is inappropriate for you to whisper to someone sitting next to you if you are in a group of three people. This is also very important. By doing so, you are deserting and isolating the third person, which will lead him to entertain the worst of thoughts. Such an act does not befit a Muslim. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam emphatically negated this as the conduct of a Muslim. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a hadith, that two people should not whisper if they are with a third person. So when uh, three people are together in a, one particular place and then two starts whispering, automatically the third might assume that they're speaking about the third individual whether it be male or female, and this would cause uh, taklif and ill feelings. It would cause hurt to the heart of the third person, which is not allowed in sharia. And what would be similar to this is when there are three people sitting and two start speaking in a language which the third doesn't understand, especially when all three can speak the same language. This is also an important etiquette and uh, adab of Islam which we need to take into consideration. And uh, sometimes uh, we do offend people by doing this. So many times it happens. We find, uh, we hear stories of people going for Umrah and uh, these people misbehaving. And they do not realize that the people in front of them are South Africans and they're perhaps speaking in Afrikaans. And then after the whole conversation is over, 
and the person listening responds to them in Afrikaans, which gives them a shock of their life. So we are taught in Sharia to take into consideration the feelings of uh, the people that are with us, especially when it is three. And we'll see further on, Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu says, if there are four people, then two are allowed to whisper or speak something private because the third may then engage with speech, in speech with the, with the fourth and will not be left alone. Imam Malik and Abu Dawood rahimahumullah reported that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, never will any two Muslims whisper to each other in the presence of a third person. If you notice the words, the choice of words by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, never will. Nabi sallallahu didn't say, uh, Muslims sh- never should. This indicates that such a mistake is not only inappropriate, but unimaginable and instinctively despicable. In other words, it is inappropriate for you won't find a Muslim when there are three people sitting then two of them are whispering and they're leaving the one out in the lurch and he's standing as if uh, he is not even part of the gathering. A Muslim would never do such a thing. And uh, it's, it, is, it is quite uh, amazing to see that how much emphasis was laid on these things by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and how little importance we give this in our day and age. If somebody mentions it, they say you're being finicky or you're trying to be fussy or you uh, have too much what they call nakhra. So this is not nakhra, this is uh, practicing on the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to take these things into consideration. On the next page, <coughs> Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu was asked uh, if there were four uh, what would be the, the ruling of four people and then two are whispering or talking on the side, then it does not matter, he answered. Meaning in that case, it is not wrong to whisper or to mutter. And like I said, this includes speaking in other languages. So we should avoid uh, speaking other languages, even if we are advantaged by, of, with knowing another language. If it is going to cause taklif and hurt to someone, it should be avoided. On page 41, we have... Uh, an important part of the adab of Islam, which is part of the practice and the etiquette and the upbringing of a good Muslim, recognize the status of the elderly and give them due respect, respecting the elderly. When walking with them, walk slightly behind to the right. Let them enter and exit first. So if we are, if we are coming to the door of the masjid, the door of the house, and there is somebody senior with us, let them enter first. And if it is time to exit, let them exit first. When you meet them, Greet them properly and respectfully. This is something very, very important. We meet our parents, we should greet them respectfully. This is something which has left many, many of our families. Uh, parents do not, a child wouldn't kiss the father on the, on the forehead or the mother on the forehead or the mother on the cheek. Whereas in, in good dini environments, we would find that parents, when, they meet, when, when children meet their parents, they would kiss the parents' hands. They would kiss the grandparents' hands. And this is the type of uh, behavior which takes dua from the hearts of the parents. Nowadays, when children are in difficulty, then they ask their parents for, du- for dua. Or when they're married and now they're having problems with their own children, then they're asking for dua. But the best dua is actually the one which we, which we take from the hearts of our, our parents. May Allah give us all tawfiq and forgive us for the shortcomings that we, that we have with regards to displaying the necessary respect to our parents and the seniors in our families. So, if there's anybody listening that is young and you have a mother and father, then my advice to you would be is when you meet them, kiss their hand, kiss their forehead. <clears throat> uh, those are the, the, the type of, of gestures which will put happiness in their heart. And when happiness enters their hearts, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make a person's life one of bliss and happiness in this world. Um, it will happen when we do it to our parents. So when we meet our parents kissing our mothers and fathers on, on their, their foreheads, kissing their hands, in fact, you, you might be shocked, but in, in the books of Hadith and the, the jurists have even mentioned the permissibility of kissing the feet of one's mother. You know, those of us who, uh, who are not used to this, they might feel that this is something quite strange, but this is something part of our deen. If, it's, if your jannah has been kept at the feet of your mother, then why, why would it be difficult for you to kiss that which is above your jannah? People score goals in football and they kiss the grass. And yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the feet which is higher than our jannah, and our jannah is beneath that feet, why would a person not uh, think it suitable or appropriate to kiss the feet of one's mother? So uh, if you can't do that, at least let us kiss their hands and their, and their foreheads and show the necessary respect and love. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says in a hadith, uh, to look at the Kaaba is ibadah and worship of Allah. Uh, to look in the Quran Sharif and the Mushaf is ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to look at one's parents with love is also ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In some ahadith, we hear that the virtue of looking at one's parents with love is like an accepted umrah. Uh, how much how difficult it is for us, you have to wait for two years and then or pay a 2,000 real uh, fee to go for Umrah and yeah, a person merely looks at uh, his or her parents with love and respect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the reward of an accepted Umrah May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq to bring this etiquette in our life, we'll just complete the first paragraph um, when you discuss something with them, that is the seniors and the elderly in our family or the, the people that we interact with, let them speak first and then listen to them attentively and graciously. Uh, if the conversation involves debate, so there's somebody senior who's discussing th- something with which we do not agree, you should remain polite, calm, and gentle. This is the teaching of Rasulullah sallallahu Ensure that you speak to an elder in a low tone, and when you address him or her, never forget to remain respectful, even if you have a difference of opinion. Differences of opinion may exist in our families, in our circles, in our community, but the way we conduct ourselves and express our differences is what determines who is an upright person and whose person, which person's akhlaq has been refined and polished in conformance with the akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So when we disagree with somebody, we should not become abusive or vulgar or disrespectful or call names or try to find fault. This is against the teaching of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept uh, the listening of your listening to this uh, program and this etiquette and make it a means of our strengthening our bond with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.